All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the Horns Down podcast with your hosts, Chris Griffin and Seth Oliveris. Uh, Seth, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people, man. Hey, yeah, I'm Seth. Uh, I I blog um, mostly about OU sports. Um, occasionally, I'll touch on some of the other things going nationally. But, yeah, I write for a site called Crimson and Cream Machine, part of SB Nation. Uh, we cover all things OU athletics. So, uh, I mean, OU football, basketball, softball. Uh, that's, that's probably my second favorite sport, honestly, behind football. So, yeah, but <laughs> we just we, we really just uh, really focus on OU football um, year-round, too, not just during the season. And it's been a pretty good gig. I've been doing that for uh, since 2017. Um, other than that, though, I mean, that's kind of – that's, that's kind of my religion, I'd say, at this point. Like, for the last 13 years, that's it's definitely been uh, my my just main hobby, my main interest, um, just something I've always just wanted to kind of, like, keep going in my life. So, yeah. Hey, well, I'm Chris. I'm Chris Griffin. Uh, I'm an attorney, just an avid OU fan, man. Love OU uh, all the way. Sooner bread be a sooner to the day I'm dead. You know, the whole the whole shebang, boom, soon, boomer, sooner. So if you ever see me out in public, just scream boomer and I'll scream sooner back. But, uh, Seth, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. A little bit of uh, a lot to digest. Um, you know, where do you want to start, man? I think we definitely got to start with that depth chart that they dropped a couple of days ago. Um, you know, it was people were kind of wondering um, if they were going to have one because everything just been so kind of out of order and this, this off season has just been really unprecedented, but we got it. And even though there are some definitely going to be some differences, what we see on game day versus what's on paper, um, it is nice to kind of have something to digest. Well, let me go ahead and uh, let, let's get started on it. Let me see. So my memory serves me correct. You were talking about a surprise that left tackle. So go ahead and explain that. Yeah, uh, true freshman Anton Harrison. Um, I remember hearing uh, his name dropped by a couple of the players and Coach Biedenboe, the O-line coach, uh, for the last month or so, basically through uh, fall camp. But, I don't know, sometimes you kind of hear a guy's name get called out, but then you don't hear about him for another year or two. But Exactly. Yeah, but there's I guess there was some merit to it because not only did he crack the two deep, but he's actually, you know, listed as a starter and he doesn't have that or next to his name either. He's the starter for for week one at least um, now, at left tackle. Now this is what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, one, uh Stacy Wilkins, I mean, he's the talk of the town. Everybody talked about him. They said NFL written all over him first rounder. Now, my question is this, I guess uh Coach B. He must have saw something that we we didn't see because I mean that was a weakness that was a weak spot uh, 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 of the front last year on the O line uh, that that was a weak spot and I mean a freshman true freshman some big yeah. shoes right there yeah it is um, I, I I think if you had asked me who I thought was going to be the starter that uh, this year at least week one. Um, I definitely would have thought it would have been between either Stacey Wilkins, like you said, or last year's starter for at least the first half of the season, Eric Swenson, before uh, R.J. Proctor took over for him. But, uh, yeah, it was it's interesting. Yeah, you had those two guys who are more than capable. Um, 
and both of them got beat out by a true freshman, I, I guess. But, I mean, I do want to emphasize that it's week one and because we've seen this, like take, for instance, Creed Humphrey, who's – he might be the most talented player on the roster right now that's at center. And yeah. uh, his uh, redshirt freshman year, he actually didn't even start until I think week three or so of that season. So, I mean, for a guy like him, like – who now he's, uh, you know, potential All-American candidate. He, uh, you know, maybe week one, if you're not in there week one, it's it might not mean a lot in the long term. But for now, it definitely is um, quite a surprise. Exactly. And, I mean, it's no secret that everybody feels that OU is going to win this game, you know, handily. So I think that this game right here is just – it's going to be a, a great gauge – it's going to be a great uh, uh, test just to see exactly where people are at uh, in real time, you know, game motions, not just against teammates. So that's definitely going to be great to see. Uh, I guess where my surprise player would be, I would go ahead and say Brian Asamoah. I think I, I, I watch <laughs> Seth, you see me every morning when I'm on the Stairmaster. You know what I'm doing. I'm watching OU games. And I went back and I watched a bunch of games, especially that Texas game. And I said, "Man, Brian Asamoah has something that uh, that 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 Grinch loves, and that is speed. He is all mm. over the field. So, in my opinion, he's that hybrid linebacker that you're looking for on that type on on I mean on the type of defense or, or the scheme that Grinch is wanting to run. And I really think that he's going to have a big year playing next to Deshaun White. I have no." No problems with him being out there on the field whatsoever because I mean speed D and, and when I see Brian Asamoah I see I see speed. Um, if I had to go with a breakout player, I would say Theo Weiss. I think Theo Theo Weiss, honestly, in my opinion, I think not only is he the most polished uh, of the of the three five stars that we had last year, but I think he's actually the best wide receiver out of that trio. Now, I love Jaden Hazelwood, and there's still – I mean, the verdict's still out there. We don't really know what's going on with that injury. Uh, do I think he's going to play this year? I do think he's going to play this year. But if I had to say a breakout player on offense or just breakout player in general, I think Theo Weiss is going to have a – I see him having a thousand-yard uh, thousand season. Yes, yes, I'm bold with it. <laughs> okay, I was. I thought I was going bold a, a while back when I said I thought he'd get about eight hundred yards because because I do think I'll, I, I guess I'll just say now I do think Charlton Rambo will lead the team with with yards. So I think he he'll get that thousand, and uh -huh. then the next guy will be Weiss. But I mean, I, I I I'll I'll buy it though if if Weiss becomes that dude or if they both get thousand yards or at least he does. Like I mean, he definitely has the chops for it. Now, this is what I have to say right here. Why not both? Because <laughs> one thing one thing that we're going to see this year that we didn't see a lot with Jalen, especially the, uh, in the second half of the season, those last seven games, I see a lot of verticals, a lot of verticals. You have speed out there, Charleston Rambo, um, and then you have wide receivers who just know how to use their body. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited about Theo Weiss. I'm excited about the entire uh, wide receiving court uh, period. Um, as long as they can protect uh, uh, Rattler and as long as uh, the running back core, which I will say also who I think is going to be a breakout player, I'll say breakout group, the running back group. I love Kennedy Brooks. I think Kennedy Brooks is great. 
Um, definitely hope that he has a long NFL career. However, I don't think that there's a significant drop off with the three uh, with three backs that are on the roster now. So um, prove me wrong, call me wrong, but when you see it, definitely give me uh, kudos on, on on me saying it here. I think the running back group is gonna uh, collectively. I think that they're gonna be amazing. Okay, okay. I, I guess on the same token, for me, any uh, a potential breakout player I could see just having a monster year, at least compared to his first year here, was Austin Stogner, who I guess they got him listed now officially at H-back, which, I mean, you look at him, you think tight end. He, dude, is 6'6", 260, but, I mean, he – he he just a baller. I mean, I and that he, he was part of that class, that twenty nineteen class with with Rattler, Hazelwood, Weeze, Bridges. That, that was like just one of the best offensive signings of that anybody's had, let alone definitely with Riley. But yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I he had a kind of a breakout game against Baylor in that that yes. comeback when Waco, he had a couple touchdowns. So I could see him with you know, he's already he's bulking up and uh on Tuesday. He did say that he was. He spoke with the media, and he he said that he hasn't lost any of his kind of his agility. So if he's gaining weight, but then still moving just as well on the field, I I can see him. he's just a, a total mismatch for anybody, especially against Big Twelve defenses. So that's a guy I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing with a rattler throwing the ball to him. Now call me crazy. Now call me crazy, but when I look at Stogner, all I see is Jason Witten. I'm not gonna call you crazy for that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I that's I mean, blue collar work. Yeah, that's that's what I get to feel from. But uh, before we move on to the next topic, let me let me say this right here. When I heard Rattler step up in uh in the press press conference and say pressure was a privilege, I said Heisman, <laughs> Heisman. That's all I could say was just Heisman. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, you know, I mean, my, it, it it does seem. Kind of inevitable. It's it's coming. That's that's all I got to say about that. What's the next topic? So what are we talking about now, man? Um. Well, we could talk about uh some uh just to stick with the depth chart just for a little bit longer. Maybe some depth concerns. Uh, because I do think there might be an area or two, like a position unit or somewhere, where if there's like kind of one injury, because I think the starters across the board look pretty good um obviously on paper but if if a guy goes down i do think uh like so let's for instance uh the defensive line um i mean they they do have to replace you know neville gallimore third round pick uh, mm-hmm. a couple of guys but they did sign the like the top two juco dts in uh Perion winfrey and uh was was it josh ellison i believe uh-huh. yes so, uh, and Perion Winfrey, he's listed as a starter at Nose now. So, I mean, I like that. But then again, it's I kind of worry what would happen if he goes down or if a guy like uh, maybe a Laron Stokes goes down on the on the edge. I just, I mean, hopefully those, guys, those other guys are just as good. There's not as big of a drop-off. But I guess until we really see them, that's just going to be a concern for, concern of mine for now. Oh, I mean, if you ask me, I, I, I do – on paper, we're spread thin. But I definitely think that um, um, Stripling, uh, uh, Grimes, uh, I, I look for names like those to, to, to really be a factor this year. 
Um, there's talent on that team. There's talent in that defensive line group. Uh, definitely waiting on Perkins to get back. But I, I would just say I, I just have the utmost faith in uh, whatever Grinch, uh, you know, <laughs> whatever he does. <laughs> I mean, yeah. He proved me wrong last year. I I, I had lost hope in, in the defense, but now I'm excited about it. I mean, hell, I'm even excited about Buki playing, and, and he really pissed me off during the LSU game. I still don't know oh, what yeah. play, I don't know what he was doing, but still, uh, it gives me hope. It gives me hope. You know, I, I remember a conversation between us, uh, and you're kind of hesitant to say there's going to be improvement off of what you saw last year. I think that there will be tremendous improvement. We don't. I don't think that they necessarily have a, a an elite defender, uh, so to say, as far as like Kenneth Murray, like a standout player. You hear a couple of names that you know could potentially stand out, but what I see is a, a lunch pail crew of uh, of players. Um, I, I see a bunch of players where you're going to have a bunch of Pornell Motleys out there, opposed to having a bunch of Kenneth Murrays. Now, obviously. That's where we're wanting to get is trend towards a bunch of Kenneth Murray's, a bunch of Antonio Perkins, a bunch of Brodney Pools, players of that caliber. Uh, however, whenever you get to, uh, you know, to the point where you're talking about a bunch of Pornell Motley's, at least you know there's going to be effort. And that's all that Grinch is asking for. And that's all that I'm asking for as a fan. I just want to see effort. I want to see three and outs. I want to see turnovers, but I would love to see three and outs as well. Um, got big plans, big intentions for this season. So I, I, I you know, that that's where I'm at. Um, so I guess, I guess, um, you know, moving on, uh, Big Twelve <laughs> game week. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, couple We're of here. games delayed, but we got some. We got some games going on. Um, Texas and UTEP, right? Yeah, that's uh, going to be going on. I think it's a 7 o'clock kick, so it'll be going on basically at the same time, OU, Missouri State. So, All right. Um, I got UTEP 45-33, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I don't, I don't know. I, I think I think Texas might be able to crack, crack double digits, but. <laughs> I'm going to ask like you a question. I just, what, what in the blue hell do they even have? I mean, I'm not scared of, of Ellinger. They have speed out there at the wide at the wide receiver position, but I'm not scared of that either. I I mean I don't know. They just they don't have Texas. I mean, if they don't if they don't get it done this year, then they never will. Uh, they never will. I mean they they do have to replace you know a guy like Devin Duvernay, uh, Colin Johnson. I know he was out for kind of like stretches of the year last year, but those are two pretty good receivers for. Texas standards um, that they got to replace both of those on top of, you know, installing an entirely new offense. Um, so, and, and actually earlier this week, also they, one of their receivers, Jake Smith, he uh, came down with a hammy, hammy oh. injury. So uh, they, they think he'll be out for at least this UTEP game, but you know, those for a receiver, those kind of injuries can linger, you know, an entire season. So it's not looking good for uh, the receiving core, at least for uh, Sam Ellinger. And that's a name that you've heard a lot. A lot of people have talked about that. Wasn't he injured last year? Or uh, I mean, I remember seeing him play a lot. It was just he was he made a lot of freshman mistakes. Got you. Got yeah. you. Especially in the punt return game, like he he I'm, had a couple of fumbles. Yeah, I must be thinking of somebody else that was injured because I could have swore it was him. But that's a that's a name that you that you've heard about. 
uh, I, you know, this summer a lot, especially the spring, you heard about him being uh, one of the guys to step up. Um, you know, to be honest with you, if I'm Texas, I'm looking at myself and saying, do we have a quarterback problem or not? Do we have an issue? <laughs> that's, just me. that's just me. I, uh, I'm always going to take shots at Sam Ellinger. He looks like OP. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But, um, you know, speaking of Texas, I mean, we can get into that as well. Uh, 2020, um, COVID-19, coronavirus, coronavirus. There's really no hot seat, is there? Because, I mean, if there was a hot seat, I'd say Tom Herman is, sit, is, is, is sitting right there on it. Yeah, the, you, you made that point to me a while back when we had a conversation. And, yeah, it, it really dawned on me then that, yeah, every coach that their seat was cooking coming into this offseason, they, they probably took a big sigh of relief once they found out that the season is going to be basically just kind of like a, just like an exhibition season almost like, yeah, they're going to like whoever wins anything, there's probably going to be some kind of asterisk on it. So Ah, does it it mean something to you if OU wins the championship this year? Oh, hell yeah. Like uh, (laughs) I'm I'm never going to let it go. Like, I don't care. I'll always, that'll be like something I'll always throw in, you know, Texas fan face or OSU face fans face like if they win it all this year go you know undefeated if Spencer wins a Heisman any of that yeah I'm, there's there's no asterisk for me <laughs> let me let me go ahead let me go ahead and run through a, a, a list of questions and I mean not a list of questions but just a list of names just say okay. yes or no if they're on the hot seat uh, Tom Herman yes Jimbo Fisher <sighs> That's kind of a I'll yes think, and no because he's really early in his contract, and you know, Jimbo yeah. likes those ten-year contracts. <laughs> yeah, I'll say no this year, but I mean, this is—he's in a very similar situation as uh, Tom Herman is right now. Like he's—he's he's got the quarterback, or they think they've got the quarterback, and and Kellen Mond, and all. So I'll say no for now, but if if they if they lose, you know, four plus games, it's it, yeah, he's going to be one of the hottest seats in the country for sure. All right. Uh, let's see. Kevin Summer. <laughs> I think that was the name you brought up when we talked about this earlier. <laughs> I guess because of the COVID and all that, no, but otherwise, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, here's a name that you hear every year that's on the hot seat. Uh, Gus Malzahn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's another one of those. I'm, uh, I don't know. Let's- I mean, because. They got a quarterback that might be worth something in Bo Nix, but are you talking about Bo Peaks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that, is that the name? I didn't even know they had a quarterback down there. I mean, I just thought they <laughs> were just running that uh, that RPL style. Uh, I don't even know what they run. I mean, it's so <laughs> I'm like, if if Schwartz doesn't have the ball in his hand on a jet sweep, then I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It's, it gets pretty bad. It gets pretty bad around there. I mean, they had every opportunity to beat Auburn, but they couldn't throw a, a, a two yard out route. And I was just like, well, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't know what's going on over here. I really don't. I don't feel comfortable watching this anymore. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, who's who's a who's another coach? Uh, you know, how about this? This is an interesting point I'll make about that, Seth. What's funny to me is that every year, or at least every I'll say one out of three years, you hear about Gus Malzahn, um, 
Gary Patterson. Um, you start to hear that now. Uh, Mike Gundy, especially. You hear about coaches like that being uh, possibly being fired, uh, you know, from where they're at. And it's just like, it just doesn't make any sense to me because I'm, I'm like, what other big hire or big splash hire are you going to make that's going to, you know, come in and, and, and really please everybody from personnel to the players to the staff? I mean, I just – I don't get it. I mean, you look at Nebraska. Nebraska – I mean, Nebraska let go of Bo Pelini. Bo Pelini had them 9-3 and three at least every season that he was there. I, think, oh, yeah. I believe one season he may have won 10 games. And and you've seen what uh, you've seen what kind of program they are now. I mean, they've basically went from being a blue blood to being at the cellar of the uh, of college football. Like, they're a dungeon dweller. Like, nobody talks about Nebraska, <laughs> at least not with respect. So no. I mean, it's it it, it kind of I don't know. It's just always it's a head scratcher as to why a lot of these fans want to see coaches like Mike Gundy go, and you're like. Look, you guys are a legit eight and five, nine and three, maybe in a good year, an eleven to one um, team with Mike Gundy. But without him, OSU is going to probably be like a a, a, a you know a, a two and ten team, maybe a, a three and nine. I mean, at that, yeah, so, they'll, I mean, they'll basically become the they're one step away from becoming you know the next Texas Tech. Yeah. You know, just kind of hoping that they get to a bowl game every now and then. Exactly. So I mean, I it, it, I'm glad I'm an OU fan. I don't have to deal with that. But at the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, th- those are always questions that I've always had. I'm like, I need answers because it just doesn't make any sense. You're yeah. saying that you're saying that Mike Gundy or or a coach like that is the problem. But I'm like, you know, if Auburn doesn't have have Gus Malzahn, well. I mean, what do you what what do you who do who do you turn to? I mean, yeah. you can always go get Lane Kiffin, but I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's always available. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but as far as this uh this week in the Big Twelve, man, any games or anything that you're looking forward to, uh, to seeing from any team? Well, since TCU and SMU got postponed, well, I don't know if it just got postponed or if it got canceled because I, I heard that they don't have like a a good date to like kind of move it to yet. So for now it's postponed, I guess, but we might not ever get it. But since that one's off the table, um, I think a sneaky good one is going to be right there at that 11 o'clock hour. Iowa state with the uh, Louisiana, the Raven Cajuns. Uh, that could be a good, you know, um, if there's ever a team that's good enough to play above, uh, the level of talent that they have is Iowa State, but Iowa State usually struggles with a lot of, um, I say mid tier, um, or yeah. FCS schools. You get what I'm saying? Like a lot of mid tier FB, uh, FBS schools, but they they struggle with those games. I don't know if it's just a lack of excitement or a lack of preparation, but I mean they usually struggle in those. Games. I don't feel like it's a lack of preparation because I actually like their head coach. I think their head coach is a um, is a great he's a great football mind. But, yeah, um, they struggled the last couple of years in some of these openers, or at least whenever they play Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're so glad the Big Ten doesn't know what the heck they're doing because exactly. like, at least at least we don't have that automatic L <laughs> coming in September. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that one, um, 
Mm, I mean, the only other game besides what we talked about Texas Utah, the only other game with a Big Twelve versus a an FBS opponent is Kansas State and Arkansas State. And Arkansas State already played this year; they lost. Can't, I can't remember who they lost to. Might have been UAB or something, but um, that one, I don't know. I'm. I mean, obviously, I would like Kansas State to look as good as they can because that next game, um, I think that's. Is that who OU opens up with? Yeah. Big 12. Yes. So yes. I, I want them feeling yes. good about themselves when they come to Norman because it's going to be a lot different than that game last year. Please bring that energy here. Bring Scholar Thompson back. We want to see him. We want to <laughs> talk to him. We want to talk to him. We got we got some plans for him, all right? It's not going to be that. I mean, it, I, I, I'm not even going to get started on that game. I ain't going to get started on that game. <laughs> Um, so I'll take K-State and I'll take Iowa State. Um, I'll take Iowa State to not cover, but they'll win that game by – I I mean, I'm not even sure what the spread is. but Oh, I got it right here. Know. They got uh, Iowa State's favored by 11 and a half right now. Okay, I was actually going to say 10 points anyways. I was going to say a field goal <laughs> in, uh, in a touchdown. But, yeah, I, I'll go ahead and cover that. Um, I will too. What's K State? K State's uh ten and a half favored over Arkansas State. Uh yeah, I'll go with they'll cover that. Honestly, I I don't see why they wouldn't beat them by two touchdowns, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, an interesting one is uh Texas. They're favored by forty three over UTEP. I don't know if they've beaten anybody by forty three in the last decade. <laughs> yeah, I'll take uh I'll take UTEP in that game. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm going with UTEP to cover. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Horns down. <laughs> Horns down for peace. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Eddie. Shout out. Okay, so um, all right, what's next? What's next? Oh, let's talk about um <laughs> let's talk about the question that everybody wants to know. Will a Big 12 team not only make it to the playoffs, but will they win a game in the playoffs? Oh, I mean if I'm going with just my preseason predictions, I got to – it's that team, the only team I think that's capable of reaching it out of the Big 12s is, once again, Oklahoma. Um, I just – I don't believe in Tom Herman in Texas and all that, so I'm not even going to go there. But uh, I don't know. Some people want to throw in Oklahoma State. I'll let you get into that if you want. But for me, I think Oklahoma – and I think this is a weird enough year where – if the ball bounces OU's way, OU could finally get over that hump, you know, and get that first semifinal win out of the way and, you know, hopefully hopefully more than that. But I I do believe that it could happen this year. Welcome to Chris's Corner. <laughs> well, Chris Griffin <laughs> will rant about OSU <laughs> or Texas for that matter. I don't get what the hell people see in OSU. Now, granted, that's my alma mater because I went there the last two years of my bachelor's, but I don't get it. I just don't. I was not worried about Mike Gundy and all the hoopla that was going on with the um, with the whole, you know, with all the social injustice and everything and stuff. I get it. I understand it. I am a proud black man, and hey, I will always scream Black Lives Matter. However, Ever, I will say this. I don't believe Mike Gunny's a racist, but I do think he's an idiot. <laughs> I will say that. I will go there. But 
I think just what bothers me is just the fact that OSU fans really think that this is their year. Any of this stuff struck, they thought that this was going to be their year. We returned this many uh, this this percentage of our players and this and that. Who cares? They were there last year. You have a wide receiver who's coming off of a, a significant knee injury. You have a quarterback who we still don't know if, if he uh, has got rid of the turnover bug. I mean, they they made apple pies about um, um they named apple pies after Spencer Sanders. They call them Spencer Sanders turnovers, apple pie turnovers. And everybody's so big on on uh, Chuba Hubbard. And all I gotta say is this right here: you could do that against Tulsa. You could do that against Texas Tech. You could do that against Texas. But you didn't do it against OU's terrible defense last year. Ah, you haven't done it against OU's terrible defense. So I don't really get it. I don't really get it. I like. I think he's the NFL back. I think he's gonna have a really good year. But uh, just hasn't gotten the job done against OU. So I don't know. Um, prove me wrong. And I mean, if this is your year, then you come to Norman and you beat us by two touchdowns. That won't happen. We know that's not going to happen. But I, I, I'm just I'm tired of it. Like I, I mean, it's enough that Texas thinks that they're good. I mean, come on, you know that's just that's just they just feel entitled. But OSU, Oklahoma State University. Don't get me started. Like, I, I, I don't have the time. We don't have the time right now. But all <laughs> I got to say about this closing Chris's corner is just, look, just, just be honest with yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and just say, not that good. <laughs> but we can stay afloat, though. You're at, you're, be honest with you, you guys are a 9-3 or an 8-5 squad this year. We all know it. You know it. I said 8-5. Yeah, if they make a bowl game, yeah, I go with that eight and five. How about that? <laughs> well, we also got to factor in that you know there's only ten games on the regular season slate. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm trying so. to give them more wins than what they'll have this year. <laughs> go ahead. See, thank you for catching me. I, I see. That's how that's how livid I get when I talk about OSU. I can't stand them. <laughs> and so I hope nobody takes it out of proportion when I said, "Look, I'm hey, I'm with them. I definitely respect what." What Chuba Hubbard and and the rest of the crew down there in Stillwater did this summer, standing up and taking and taking a stand. But I will say this: if, if Mike Gundy may very well have some things about him that people don't like, and I get that, and I understand. He's just an idiot. That's all it is. And so are OSU fans, and that's that's my hot take today. All right, <laughs> Seth, I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I mean, I. I don't, I can't fault you in anything you said. I I'm kind of right there with you. So speaking of you know Big Twelve possible CFP contenders, do you have any uh predictions or like uh, hot takes? What well, you can go either way. You can go predictions who you think is going to make it. I think a lot of a lot of it's chalk. I think we probably both have you know Clemson and Alabama in there probably. I I, I do, and then uh Oklahoma, but maybe teams that. You've been hearing people give uh, kind of some praise, some hype to that you just think are just going to fall out on their face. I would say my two teams that I think are going to be the most disappointed this year um, are Georgia and Florida, for sure. I'm not 
I, I haven't really I've never bought into the whole Kirby Smart experience. Um, I like Kirby Smart, but I like him more as a coordinator as opposed to a head coach. Um, and Florida, I just I'm not I'm not really sold on Kyle Trask being the answer to their problem. So uh, I'm I'm just not. And to be honest with you, I I just I mean they have how should I say this? What they have down there at Florida is basically uh, Mississippi State on a bit of steroids. That's what it is. I mean, that's what they're. I mean, their coach comes from Mississippi State, right? I, I, but I don't think Kyle Trask is Dak Prescott. I don't even think he's half of the quarterback that Dak Prescott, oh. Dak Prescott is. No way. So that's so that's my problem with them. I'm just not sure. They they play they play stingy. They play um, they play gritty. I like that, but I'm just I'm not sold on Florida, and I'm definitely not sold on Georgia. I'm just not. JT Daniels. I mean, I don't even know if he's cleared or not. But I'm just not. They have all that talent, but I'm 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 still not sold on them. So the SEC East, to be honest with me, I mean to be honest with you, I it, I wouldn't say it's it's not wide open. Those are the top two teams. But watch out for Tennessee though. But um, oh, I wish they were I still on the schedule. Exactly. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely, Seth, I definitely think that you're going to see a bunch of upsets in the in the SEC. I don't think the SEC is as good as they say, but I definitely think you're going to see a bunch of upsets. And I think that they're going to come from um uh from those two teams that play for the Egg Bowl each year. <laughs> okay. I definitely believe that. So Lane Kiffin or uh, Mike Leach? Yep. I think that they're going to go out there and shock the world. I think they're going to they're going to have that that uh Johnny Manziel feel to uh to those to those teams. They re-energize those schools and they re-energize those programs. Those are two big hires that honestly still in my opinion didn't get as much credit as they as as they needed. Because um Mississippi State, I mean, come on man. Mike Leach has never Mike Leach has never had that type of talent running that type of, of offense. Come sure. on man. It's true. And then Lane Kiffin, to get him back over there, the recruiting job that he's going to be able to do, come on, man. Give him about two or three years, and Ole Miss will be back up there, uh, 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 you know, defying the odds again. I can see it. I'm going to mm-hmm. stick – I'm going to be right up with your uh, Georgia-Florida picks as far as, like, teams that could definitely disappoint. I'm going to stick right there with you in the SEC. I'm going to the West, though, and I'm act- – I know some fans, especially OU fans, I want you to listen to this. They're going to think I, I might just be in my feels, but trust me when I'm not. I think LSU is just going to – It's they're not going to be – they're going to be not even a shell of themselves as last year. You can't lose that much talent, not just on on the field, but on the sidelines. You know, they don't have Dave Aranda calling the shot. He's in Waco now on top of probably the biggest loss was – Joe Brady losing him back when he's back in the NFL now. So, you know, you don't have the Heisman Trophy winner. You don't, I don't know how many draft picks they had. Was it like 12, 13, 14? It was something crazy. I mean, that's about 16. (laughs) Yeah, it was like some record. So it's, it's just, that's too much talent. Like, I mean, if if Alabama had lost that much talent, I would have been down on them. 
I mean, this and, – and I don't think LSU was even at Alabama level yet. And I know that's going to make, make a lot of Tigers fans mad, but they're just not. Like, I mean, there's something to be said about longevity. And, you know, Nick Saban, he's been doing it for, you know, a better part of the decade. And I, I don't know. I just never had that much faith in Edo. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think LSU is going to be that magical team again. Like, they got a few losses coming their way. Yeah, I, I I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, and I I think they'll stay afloat. But I mean, Miles Brennan just I'm not you know, one hundred percent sold on him. But you know, there's a lot of people that would say they're not one hundred percent sold on Spencer Rattler. So, um, I'll I'll uh I'll let that conversation uh play out. So um, I guess to stay in the national topic, basically to get back to what we were talking about originally was um, I think I'll have I'll put Clemson in there. I want to put Bama in there, but I can—I mean, I could see Florida or Georgia being the one to stand up out of the SEC. So, uh, Heisman odds—you know—they got Spencer Rattler at—I uh, I think third uh, as far as the Heisman odds. I mean, where where are you? Uh, what do you think? I think it's a good place for him. Um, just going off of history with uh, Lincoln Riley and. The coach, uh, the quarterbacks, he's been, you know, coaching up for the you know five years. So, yeah, I mean, I think last year I picked Trevor Lawrence, and I mean, obviously, I didn't. I, nobody saw Joe Burrow having the kind of year he did. Um, so, I, it's like I don't want to pick Trevor Lawrence again. But then again, if I do and I jinx him, then I'm I'm cool with that because I'm really, you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm not well, so. Just- with Justin Field, with Justin Fields um, not being able to play because of the Big Ten or, or whatever they're doing over there, um, I mean it's it's Trevor's it's a trophy to lose this year. Honestly, I mean, yeah. I, at this point, I think if if all Clemson really has to do, well, as long as he stays healthy, but then all Clemson really has to do is just win. I think if they even if they lose one game, if they're nine and one or whatever, however many games they're playing. And they win the ACC. Yeah, I, I, someone would have to have like a like a Joe Burrow type of year out of nowhere to to take him out. I, I definitely think that Spencer could do that. I mean, I see Spencer getting at least four thousand yards passing this year. Um, I think that he'll probably have somewhere between five hundred, maybe eight hundred yards on the ground. He's not as mobile as the past uh, few quarterbacks, but I think he'll be able to do uh, do a little bit on the ground. I'm not looking for him to really do uh, do a lot with his legs, but when necessary, he shows you uh, flashes of that in um, the games that he did get time to play in. And I, I don't think that he's a – I won't say that he's a, a great runner, but I will say he's a willing runner. Uh, you know, shout out to Joe Clapp for that little. <laughs> I remember him I like saying Joe. that about Baker, and that was the perfect way to describe Baker. To be honest with you, uh, he wasn't a great runner, but he was a willing runner. And I mean, hey, I'll take that over anything, you know. Yeah, um, and if Spencer's far, not slippery, then we got a good yeah, one. Yeah, as far as I mean, he was. Uh, I think uh, you know dual. I mean, he was pro, but he's a dual threat quarterback. I mean, he could he could take off at any time. I think just the way that he's being groomed with with Lincoln, I mean, I would say he's more pro style than he is dual now. But I could definitely see him uh, making that imp- having that type of impact on the game. So definitely excited to see what Spencer has. 
Um, he has higher odds than OP. I mean, excuse me, Sam Ellinger. So <laughs> that should be uh, that should be interesting. What's your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll never. I'll, until I see it, I'll never believe that a Texas quarterback can uh, can not not just win it, but even be a finalist. Um, I just, it's like what Tom and what Tom Herman's done throughout his tenure, like even before he got to Texas. It's like quarterbacks just aren't really made to shine in his system. And then not only that, but I mean, I just don't think uh, his talent level is there. I don't even know. So I, I was hearing somebody talk about earlier that they're like, well, if Jalen Hurts got drafted in the second round, you know, that means Sam Ellinger, that's, that should be his floor, you know, and you could go in first. And I don't know. I just don't see the talent there. Like, so it, it, I think anybody who's making any predictions for that is um, going to be sorely mistaken. I mean, you know, the thing that Jalen had going for him was the fact that there's somebody in the league uh, <laughs> that 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 he could be used like. So, um, and you, I mean, you know who I'm talking about with the Saints. So, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's not it's not like you know he's he's a carbon copy. He's a carbon copy. That's all it is. But um, yeah. Sam Ellinger is, I mean, yeah. <laughs> We'll leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pipe dream. Yeah. So, okay, so to end the podcast, Horns Down podcast, little plug in there. Um, national picks. So let's go to the national schedule. Let's look around the country and see what's going on. Is there anything that uh, you're excited about? I mean, hey, Miami and uh, UAB are playing right now. Yeah, I actually got that game on in the background. Uh Looks like uh, De'Aaron King, you know, in his debut, his hurricane debut, looking like he he's not too bad, I guess. Um, they're up by a touchdown right now. But uh, nationally, I mean, Wake Forest is on the – not Wake Forest. Clemson is on the road at Wake Forest, number one Clemson. So that's definitely going to be one of the bigger spotlight games on this weekend. I mean, I'd be scared of that game if, if if these were normal circumstances and they were playing on the road at a hostile environment. But, I mean, it's not going to be that hostile. I mean, Wake Forest isn't really that hostile. Like, they, they're just there for a good time. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they're competitive. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know, their um their top wide receiver, he opted out of this, he opted out. Now, I mean that that's a big blow. Uh it was a big blow last year when they had Jamie Newman. Um, the offense that they were running yeah. with all with all that that mesh concept as far as the run game and all that, their plays were so predictable and they were so slow developing that it, it was an eyesore. It, it hurt to watch. Um, I felt like they could have beat Clemson if they would have been, I guess, you know they would have had everybody on deck, but they didn't. And so that was a big, that was a big problem for me watching that game. I was just like, man, these plays are so, it's the same thing. And I mean, that, that mesh concept, it just didn't sit right with me. So I don't know. Um, I'll take Clemson on that game. What else you got? Yeah. Uh, Let's see. We got a couple of good ones with the uh, Syracuse at North Carolina. And then Duke at Notre Dame. 
You know what? That's my team right there. North Carolina makes it out of the ACC this year. You heard it here first. That's bold pick. Go Tar Heels. <laughs> my dad would like to hear you say that. He's, he's a Tar Heels fan. Well, mostly with basketball. He roots for the Sooners on football, but he he's a big Tar Heels hey, man, fan. I'll go for uh, – I'll go for – hey, Mac Brown has my vote. I want Mac Brown to win. Only despite Texas, but I want Mike Brown to win. <laughs> I like I, I like I like Mac. Ever since he left Texas, I've like really started to like him a lot more. When, when he was working for ESPN oh, and all that, I, I, Redeemable. I enjoyed his stuff. Redeemable. <laughs> I'd invite him to every barbecue that I had. I mean, I shake that man's hand now. Redeemable. He spoke highly <laughs> of OU, especially of uh of uh of Hollywood. I was I was happy with that. Um. Let's see what what other then, is there any other big games? Oh, uh, you know the uh, SEC doesn't that's, play. That's really it. Exactly. Yeah, that's like a big chunk of ranked teams right there. So, you know, other than you know Notre Dame number ten versus a uh, Duke, and I just it's at Notre Dame. I, I think Notre Dame will take care of business. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, the only other ranked team you know was OU Missouri State that we you know we, obviously we touch on that here and there because this is the uh, Horns Down podcast. But, yeah, like we could we could maybe end this with uh, our own uh, prediction for that game, maybe a score prediction. I'm going to go 56 to 10. Hmm. It's interesting. I think last I saw, OU was favored by 42 and a half, so you, you'd have them covering mm-hmm. I, I, I might maybe I don't know you. You struck a little doubt in me now, but I, I, I think I'm going a little bit more bold. Okay, <laughs> I got, I got sixty six to three. Oh wow! <laughs> I think they can keep him out of the end zone, and I'm not going to give them as many points as they got against South Dakota last year, but you know because they put a seventy spot on the, mm-hmm. the Coyotes, but I do think they'll get over that sixty mark. I think Spencer will play a the first half and I don't know if, if they're already in the forties by halftime, I think that'll be the last time we see Spencer is the second, uh, the end of the second quarter. But if they're still kind of in that 35, 38 range going into the third, they'll probably play like one series and that'd be it. All right. So with that being said, this is the horns down podcast. First episode of many to come with your host, Chris Griffin and my guy, Seth Oliveris. And uh, Seth, you got anything else you want to say to the people? Hey, uh, just stay tuned because we we definitely got some big things planned. Um, you know, this this is going to be a a crazy season, and you know, we don't we really don't know how it's going to end up. You know, we we got all these predictions, but we do hope that you stick around because we got a lot more in store for you. All right, then. With that said, hey, let's sign off. <laughs>